My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate of the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light of re for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people in Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I have been blessed with the opportunity to be in many, many very holy places. I have been in shrines and basilicas, retreat houses and monasteries, places of deep silence and deep prayer and deep reverence, beautiful liturgies, magnificent choir singing, profoundly holy places. But as it has begun to occur to me more and more almost every day that growing in a place that I'm considering holier than all these others is Market Basket. Yes, Market Basket, right here in North Hanover. I walk into Market Basket and you can't fail but see the incredible diversity and variety of the human race. And it doesn't always look very pretty. I get impatient walking behind people who are older than me, and that's getting fewer and fewer. I see young parents with children, siblings, who are engaged in full-scale battle on every aisle of the, of the store, often in my way. 
I see elderly people in what appears to be a great deal of pain, struggling. I see young families. I see middle-aged people. I see shopping carts filled with the week's provisions, or maybe less than the week, costing a fortune, even at Market Basket. And as I've looked at this more and more, my annoyance has gradually faded into awe and wonder. For this is what the incarnation looks like. In Jesus, God became human and looks like us. If you want to see the incarnation in the flesh, go to Mark basket it's right there and of course so much of the activity in market basket is being engaged in for the sake of the lives of families all kinds of families whole families broken families irreconcilable families families where the elderly are caring for each other families of people who are too young to be parents families filled with Anxiety, stress, worry, tension, and each other. And somehow or another, God thought this human race was beautiful and precious and good enough to join it. To join it in the walk that all humans are called to go on. I think that if Jesus, Mary, and Joseph lived here, they would certainly shop at Market Basket. For there they would join us. Join us in the true holy holiness that is simply being human in all of its stress and pain, its joy and sorrow, its disappointments and satisfactions, its hardships, its laughter, its tears, its conflicts, its fighting, waiting to be nourished with whatever we can afford. That's the thing. We start off in the gospel and Jesus and Mary and Joseph are in the holiest of places, the temple. And prophets and prophetesses are declaring wondrous things about their child and also predicting that this is going to be no walk in the park for any of them. He has become fully human. And as fully human, he will suffer. He will cause conflict and tension. He will break his mother's heart. And her heart will be pierced over and over again. And then they return to Nazareth, to the ordinary life of raising a child. The ordinary life of living in a community among other families. The ordinary life of struggling to survive in a harsh world. The ordinary life of trying to make it day by day. Through a world of great uncertainty and anxiety and worry. And we know that he knows what it is like to be us. Because he lived in a family in a real town, in a real community, among real people. None of whom, on the surface of things, might appear to be all that holy 
what he looked at us. Regardless of what we see in ourselves, he looks at us, he looks at our families, he looks at our communities, and he sees holiness because he sees groupings of people who, regardless how good they are at loving one another, are loved immensely by our creator. Loved enough that he chose to be with us, chose to be one of us, and chose to show us how we, not just he, but we are the image and likeness of God in our brokenness, in our messiness, in our suffering, in our struggles, in our falling shorts, in our inability to cope with the pressures of life. He sees holiness. He sees life. He sees people who are worth offering his life for, regardless of how we appear to one another. And especially regardless of how we appear to one another in these groupings that we call families, none of which seem to match the perfection that we're told the Holy Family has. But it doesn't take perfection to be a Holy Family. It simply takes the willingness, the willingness to know that regardless of what is true of us as a family, regardless of our configuration for and against the norm of, of culture and society, families are where we learn to love. And learning to love is always hard. Families are where we are tempted to do anything but love, which is always much easier than the work of love. But most of all, Jesus has made our families holy. Not because we necessarily even pray in our families or worship in our families. He has made our families holy because he has looked at them and seen true holiness. The image and likeness of a God who wants nothing more than to gather all God's children in peace and unity, love and joy, knowing full well that that gathering will not be easy. That gathering will cause suffering. That gathering will arise out of conflict. And that gathering may never be perfect. But because God looks at us and sees holiness, we and our families, regardless of what seems to be true of them, are holy. Perhaps this feast is an invitation to look at ourselves, look at one another, look at our families, whatever they are, Look at our communities, look at the throngs of people shopping with us in Barket Basket and knowing that when God is looking at all of us, God is seeing holiness and God is delighted in who he has created us to be.